Hey. Hi. I'm Luke. And I'm Kaylin. And, and this, this is, is Death, Death Road, Road Dialogue. Dialogue. So, a little update for everyone. We've had about 250 downloads. And I want to say probably 15 different states have listened to us. But I really want to get all 50 in 2023. That's my goal for our podcast in 2023 is to have all 50 states listen to us. So... I want someone to share if they know anyone in the state of Mississippi. That's just the state I chose for today. To share this episode with somebody in Mississippi. Come on, someone's got to know someone in Mississippi. My dad used to go through there all the time. He has to know somebody. Right. At least one person. And so since we're at 250, we have something in mind for when we get to 500 views. Something exciting that we're trying to plan. But y'all have to get the views up so that we can make that happen. Uh, Yeah, more information will be on our Facebook page, our Twitter, and the Instagram. So make sure to stay tuned to those so that you get all the information. In the Facebook group, I try to keep Instagram and Twitter pretty updated. But Facebook is mainly where we have a lot of members on there. So... If an episode's going to be late for some reason, or if we're doing something new, exciting, or even taking a poll to see how y'all feel about something, it'll be on our Facebook. So if you just search Death Row Dialogue, there should be a public group on there that you can join and stay up to date with everything. Do you have anything else? I'm ready. Okay. Let's jump in. So, next up on Death Row is Doyle Skillern. And I got all of my information from Murderpedia, always. Historical Crime Detective, which I have found to be very resourceful. They do a lot of, like, throwback crimes. And then My Crime Library, Texas, DPS, the TDCJ website, and MySoTex, where my information is from. So there's not a lot of history about him before the crime. It's mainly just his past crimes is all they have. Right. So we're just jumping in the deep end. Okay. So I have his birthday. He was born April 8th of 1936 in Lubbock County. And this is when we fast forward to 1974. He was released from prison in May of 1974 for killing his brother at their South Padre home in 1971. So his brother's name was Milton, and he was found beneath four inches of a concrete patio slab outside the home. So Skillern killed him on or around the beginning of May in 1971, and it was because they had an argument. They were arguing about something for many days, and they lived together. So he ended up killing him and burying him under the four inches of concrete. They also lived with another guy named Charles Sane, And he testified against Doyle, saying, yeah, he did it. Doyle was sentenced five years, but he only served two of those years. And after his release, Skillern and Sane, the one that had testified against him, reunited. I guess Skillern didn't care that he had testified against him. These stories are so crazy. Like, how did he only serve two years? Good behavior, I guess. And he buried him under four inches? So he would have to have, like, planned that whole thing out. Like, he couldn't dig a ditch and, like, scoot the body under there. 
I imagined it as he had one of those huge concrete mixers, and he just had it on standby. <laughs> right? Like, did he just have bags of concrete ready to go, or... Maybe I Home Depot like, wasn't far. I feel like you would have to dispose of the body pretty quickly, you know? Or someone's gonna be... Well, it almost makes me think that maybe Sane was involved. Maybe he helped him and maybe testified against him to get his side taken out of it. Yeah, but then you would think they would, like, testify against each other. Maybe Skillern just didn't want to be a snitch. I don't know. Yeah. But that was his first murder. So that's not even what he got on death row for. I mean, if you kill someone and you only go for two years, did you... Did, learn your lesson? Did you really learn your lesson? Probably not. So Charles Sane, he was of La Manera, California, and he was born on February 11th of 1933. So now we're getting into the victim. The victim was Patrick Randall, and he was a 42-year-old DPS undercover narcotics agent. He was a husband. He had two sons and a daughter. Their names were Sheila, Mike, and Doug. And he started working at DPS on October 23rd of 1962. And I believe he worked at an agency before that, too. So, on October 23rd, 1974, this is when Skillern was 38 years old. Randall was working as an undercover narcotics agent for Texas DPS, and he set up a drug deal with Skillern and Sane. And he had $850 of money to buy Quaaludes from them. The day before, Skillern and Sane had become suspicious of Randall becoming a police informant. They didn't think he was an officer. They just thought he was informing the police of everything they were doing. So the three met in Randall's hotel room which was in Beeville, close to San Antonio, while three other agents were eavesdropping in the other room. Skillern and Sane showed Randall a sample of drugs, and then Randall asked how they wanted to handle the deal. And they replied, let's go somewhere and talk business. They left the state money in the hotel room and then got into their vehicles to leave about 7.10 p.m. And Randall drove with Sane in his passenger seat, and then Skillern drove in a separate car behind them. So they left at 7.10. About an hour later, at about 8.10, Skillern and Sane returned to the motel room without Randall, came into the hotel room, and then left again. When Randall didn't come home by 7, not 7, 9 p.m., DPS issued an all-points bulletin for the two men. Right. So... Searching for the two men. They knew something. They thought that they had kidnapped Randall. Right. So Randall was found a few hours later shot in his car on the side of the road. What used to be State Highway 9 and US 59. It was about 20-25 minutes away from the hotel. So with that, with it being that far away, they had to leave the hotel, shoot him, and drive immediately back. There was no wiggle room. Yeah. So at 1 a.m., six hours after they returned to the hotel room, DPS narcotics agents and officers from the Cameron County Metro Squad pulled over a vehicle near San Benito, the near South Padre Island area. The car was stolen out of Austin and was occupied by Skillern and Sane. On the two officers, the two officers found Randall's wedding band, Randall's service weapon, the state money, and some credit cards. So... 
I don't understand why they stole his wedding band. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I understand the weapon. Like, you're a criminal. You want a gun. I mean, you can take it to a pawn shop and get yeah. cash. Like, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking of it as, like, a sediment, sentimental piece. Right. That's true. Prior to the meeting, Sane had told his supplier in Mexico to hold the transaction. So this is giving the idea that they knew beforehand that they were going to do this. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, why did they just kill him? I mean, I guess they already had the money. If they left the money there? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure why he decided to leave with them. I feel like these setups are normally very carefully planned out. And this one seemed like... Reckless? A little bit reckless. Well, I don't know how developed the program was. Right. Well, I mean, still, to let someone leave, mm -hmm. like, and if you're driving, you can't defend yourself if someone pulls a gun on you. Yeah. So when Randall's body was found, it was in a position indicating that he had been unaware of imminent danger. Yeah. And he was even found with a cigarette still dangling out of his right hand. So he had no idea yeah. what was coming. The murder weapon was found six weeks later on the side of the road. I just want you to cut just a wild guess what the murder weapon was. So he was shot. Yeah. So just wild guess. Uh, a handgun? I just think it's so funny because you would think like 9mm. Right. Like 38 caliber. Something. Normal gun. It was a 1914 South American revolver. You have a picture of it? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, okay. It, that looks like a normal revolver. I just thought it was so weird. Like... This is in, you know, 1974. Why do you have a 1914 South American revolver that you're just carrying around? Yeah. I feel like that would be more... Well, it was probably stolen or something, and that's what they got their hands on. That's just, that's just so weird to me. I mean, it doesn't seem like a collector's item. that Like, this guy is a career criminal, you know? Yeah, I guess he's, a, he's not into the He's the selling training. quaaludes. Do you know what quaaludes are? I mean, I looked up what they were. Oh, you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street? No. Oh. Well, that's what, like, the whole movie. Oh, well, I'll go watch it after And, like, this. they just stopped making them because they were such a problem. Oh. So, yeah, you can't even get them. Interesting. Yep. Okay, so that was the weapon, and I'll post it on our Facebook so that everyone can see what this looks like. And Skillern was linked to the weapon by an Austin associate who had said that he had tried to sell them the weapon a few weeks before. So he was trying to sell this before this even happened. So they knew that it was his gun. So that's the crime and that's them getting caught. The trial began in January 1975 in Live Oak County and was the largest the county had ever seen at that time. On the initial trial, neither testified and both were found guilty. Jury only took three hours. Sane was given a life sentence due to only having a minor arrest record, but Skillard was given the death penalty due to having a previous murder. Yeah. I mean... Makes sense to me. Well, why wouldn't they give him life in the first place? Or, like, 30 years. Not five. It, he didn't even serve five. He served two. Yeah, I know. That's literally mind-blowing. Well, they were trying to fix it by giving him the death penalty this time. 
Yeah, that's one way to do it. On direct appeal, the convictions were re reversed due to failure to sequester the jury. So I'm guessing the jury either lived there and knew what was going on, or one of them got out and heard about it. But they weren't, like, now they're sequestered in a hotel where they can't talk to anyone. Yeah. And it wasn't like that. So it was overturned. So at the retrial, Sane took the stand and admitted to firing the gun. So wasn't even Skillard. Sane said he did fire the gun, and it was him. But in his version... Randall had punched him and pulled a gun on him, so Sane fired at Randall six times in the chest to defend himself. But that doesn't correlate with how they found the body. Yeah. They found the body unassuming. Right. So his version, but he stuck to that version. He never changed his story. So he just hunkered down, I guess. So in this version of the crime, Skillard was saying that he only participated in a planned robbery. Because he's saying, I didn't know that we were going to accidentally kill him. So I only participated in the robbery part. Um, on the second trial, they were both found guilty still. But this time, they were both given the death penalty. Because Sane admitted to firing. the trigger. Yeah. And you might be thinking, well, why did Skillard get the death penalty? Because Sane admitted that right. he pulled the trigger. In Texas... I, I'm pretty sure it's still a law. I think they're trying to get it overturned or, like, reversed right now. But there's a law of parties saying that if you were involved in a capital murder in any way, you're eligible for the death penalty. Even if you didn't pull the trigger. If you helped plan it, if you were there, if or you the were the getaway. getaway yes. Yeah. Then you're st you are still up for the death penalty, too. When he lost bids for reprieve... Before the execution, Skiller had no reaction. Like, they told him, like, you're still getting the death penalty. We're not overturning it. All he said was, a lot of people will still have their troubles and mine will be over. So, saying that he's just kind of done. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And uh, he had reconnected with a long-lost daughter in 1981. And they had conversed, like, the whole time he was in jail. And they had a brief conversation the day he was executed. So, he was executed on January 16th, 1985. His last meal was a sirloin steak, potatoes, peas, rolls, banana pudding, and coffee. His last words were, I pray that my family will rejoice and will forgive. Thank you. That's all I said. And he was pronounced dead at 12.24 a.m. after four minutes. And his brother-in-law, William Sparks III, was present. Randall's wife said it was a great relief and that it does ease her pain that Skillard died. A granite marker was dedicated to Randall on July 13th of 2019, and it was originally placed at the park at the intersection of Interstate 37 and U.S. Highway 59. But there was a lot of construction around that area, so it was relocated. And so that was the law of parties that I was telling you about. That's why Skillard was involved. Right. And I did fo actually find information on his associate this time, because I know in the past few episodes I haven't been able to find out what happened to his co-defendant. Right. But it looks like Sane was waiting on death row, and he died. Oh, before his execution. Well, I'm not sure exactly what happened with it, because he died in April of 2018. So, way after oh. all this happened. I mean, Skillard was executed in 1985. 
and Sane lived until 2018, but he died in prison. Yeah. So I don't know if one of his appeals finally worked and he got yeah. life in prison right. or something along those lines. Let's see. Yeah, that's like a little crazy. The, the law of parties thing seems a little dangerous too. Like what if you were just driving someone somewhere you didn't know they were well, planning on murdering someone? That's kind of, to be the devil's advocate, that's kind of like know the company you keep. Yeah. I mean, hopefully none of your friends will go do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's like, if that's their way of getting alibi or whatever, then yeah, I do throw you under the bus. I do know that recently, um, I didn't reference the article, but I know, I want to say in the last two or so years, that it has been in Congress to getting this law thrown out. Right. So that it's not a, like you were saying, you can't like throw someone under the bus that was innocent. I mean, if you can prove it, by all means. But it just seems like one of those, like, if someone's denying it and I can't prove it with 100% confidence. Yeah. But I know they were referencing this case when they were saying it needed to be reversed or thrown out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they were referencing this one and saying that this case was kind of not necessarily fair. But I think a lot of what went into Skillard's issues was the fact that he had killed before. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for this one. That was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, rest in peace. He, um, I was very glad that they did, like, a memorial, like, a granite statue for him. Oh, it's a whole statue? I don't know. I want to say it's probably, like, one of those, um... I thought it was going to be, like, the cross, like, rosary on the side of the road that you normally see. No, this one was referencing that it was, like, a whole, like, uncovering, and there was... So I want to think it's maybe not, like, a statue of him, but almost kind of, like... I can't, they're like five feet tall and they're like rounded at the top and they're granite and they have like words etched into them. I'm sure people at home know what I'm talking about, but you just don't. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. <laughs> but this is what I'm picturing in my mind. Okay. But I know that it was like a whole unveiling because people went and they like said words about him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. cool. And like, it was nice hauling the last one. They dedicated like a park to him. Right. So he can always, they can always be remembered. Yeah. In that way. And this one, like I said in the last one, there's that page where you can pay homage to people. Right. He's on that one, the site too. Oh, okay. So, but I know this might have been a little shorter than normal, but next episode I know is going to be apt. So. Looking forward to it. So everyone be ready. This was a good story stuff. Yeah. I, uh, oh, um, I guess I don't, maybe I didn't put it in here. I thought I put it in here somewhere. But it was said that he was the first undercover narcotics agent for DPS that was murdered in the line of duty. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, I, I know that there are ones that get killed, but I feel like it's extreme situation. And this one didn't seem like this, a gunfight. Yeah. It was like they let him walk out of the hotel with two other guys. This probably did change their protocols. Oh, uh Hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I well, as personally, I think if I would have seen that or heard that, I would have tried to 
enter like have a cop pull them over or mm-hmm. like anything yeah but like at the same time it's like you probably didn't have a wire they probably were only listening through the wall like a, they had they drug like a little hole in it. <laughs> yeah they, they had probably a funnel on the other end to put their ear technology. against yeah and they might have not even known that they left the room that they were just waiting for something yeah well like we said at the beginning make sure you like follow subscribe make what's the tag death row dialogue death row dialogue on facebook and on instagram and twitter is death row dia dia and make sure that you are please rating um apple itunes apple podcast and on spotify it really helps um, more people see our podcast if you comment or rate or share our podcast. So if you know anyone that you think would like it, make sure to go ahead and share it. Mississippi. Mississippi. Fingers crossed. When I look <laughs> and I see our downloads, that I see someone from Mississippi, I'm counting on y'all. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.